We're holding on page eight, right? So, um, I think we're on the second line. That's as far as we got. Vezehu, yeah, vezehu vzeis mitzvah. So this is the idea of this is the mitzvah. to do in the land. What does it mean? Right? It means land that is flowing with milk and honey. So what is that whole thing there? So he says, So what's the idea of Shema Yisrael? And what does it have to do with this concept of Eretz Vash? So we say that the concept of Shema Yisrael who is Shahavaya, which is Sayyid Kalamim, Shahu Elokeinu. So, first thing we have to say when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu, right? So, that the Shem Havaya, which is the idea of Sayyid Kalamim, the Shem Havaya, which is the idea of Sayyid Kalamim, we need to first and foremost bring it into the concept of Elokeinu. He's my God, our God. What does that mean? Sha'anachnu ma'aminim bo. That the first thing we're trying to accomplish is namely namely that the idea is that we should have this level of amuna that it should become incorporated into my life. That's the first step in this process. How to bring right the slave of Kalamim and make it mine. That's the idea of Elokeinu, right? So dafka bevechines emuna levado yeb bevechines echa bevechines gilui that it should be dafka gilui but where should it be gilui beshiva rekim vaaretz namely in the seven firmaments and in the land this is the idea of echad echad we know right it's dafka to bring the aleph into the ches the ches is the seven firmaments in the sky and the dalit dalit is the four directions that we're talking about. That's the concept here. Namely, that we are bringing this uh, emuna, right? We're bringing this Sayyid Kalamim, that it shouldn't just be in a state of emuna, which is like on a higher level, so to speak, that we've been talking about that is beyond the person, that isn't integrated into the person. Instead, it should become internalized into the person to such an extent that it becomes Elokeinu, that it becomes mine. Davka v'vachinaz gilu. V'shiva rekim v'aretz. V'vachinaz das v'hargasha. Namely, in a way of das, Right? And in Hargasha, that it becomes Dafka internalized into me. That's the objective here. So when we say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, there's a, there's a goal here. The goal of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad is Dafka, this concept of Havaya, which is Sayyid of Kalamim, instead of it remaining in a state, instead of it remaining in a state where it's Makif, where it's hidden where it's beyond the person, where yes, of course, he has emuna because he's born with emuna But it's not something that's internalized in his life. It should become, right, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, right? Now we bring Hashem Echad, Dafka, into the world of down here, into the actual living world, into the world that we're living in, into the idea of internalization into my life. <laughs> Excuse me, skipping the parentheses. Then it says, Now we should have a bitl, a yichud, a misi, a true bitl, a true yichud. In the way of yichud, now, we have two yichuds. There's yichud, yichud, tata. 
Yichud Tata is the idea of what? What's it? Anyone ever heard of this phrase before? Has he heard this phrase before? Yichud Tata? I have, but I don't remember what it means. Okay, what does it mean, Yichud Tata means that you know that everything is coming from Hashem. Everything is coming from Hashem. Everything is being created by Hashem, but at the same time, the world exists. The world is here. The table is here. The person's here. The trees are here. We recognize that the reason why the tables are here, the reason why the trees are here, is because Hashem is creating these tables. He's creating this world. He's creating the trees. That's the reason why it's here. And it continues to be created every single second. That's why it's here. So it's a yichud, right? But it's a yichud tata, which means that ah, the tree is still very much in existence. It just recognizes that its whole existence is coming from the Abish to making it be in existence. That's the idea of Yichudi Tata. What's Yichudi Law? Yichudi Law is the idea that I recognize Ain of Milvado. There's nothing here except for God. God is the main force, the only force. Right? Everything that's happening in my life is coming from Hashem. Everything. He's directing the whole traffic. He's directing every step of the way. There's nothing that's happening here without Hashem micromanaging in the most minute fashion every little thing. That's Yechudi Allah. Because Yechudi Allah means that there's nothing else here except for God. So really when we say Emunah, that's what we're talking about. The problem is that the Emunah that we've been talking about is like the thief Right? That's entering in the house. Of course we believe in God. That's why I dive into God, that I should be able to steal from this house. Right? We're constantly filling ourselves with contradictions. Right? Of, on the one hand, of course we believe in God. On the other hand, this idea that it doesn't necessarily influence my daily, my minute-by-minute existence. For example, someone does something really annoying to me. So what happens? I get annoyed at that person. I become totally upset with him and I want to take, my, take it out on this person. If I realize that there's nothing else except for God, so it's Hashem. Hashem is the one that's behind this. Hashem is trying to communicate to me. What is Hashem trying to communicate to me? He's trying to teach me a lesson with this person. This person happens to have done something really annoying to me. Why? Why is this person doing something annoying to me? Hashem is sending me a signal. He's telling me something. He's teaching me a lesson. Right? It's in a matter of all of a sudden changing this, so to speak, this hypothetical concept of that there's a God to the very practical, realistic idea that there's nothing else here except for God. To go from A to B is, is there's a huge gap in every single one of us. But that's the goal. The goal is to become, make it internalized in my life that that's the MS, that that's what it's about. So Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, right? Hashem, which is Sayyid of Kalamim, which is beyond everything. He's everywhere. Elokeinu is my God. Hashem Echad, that dafka, that what? It shouldn't remain in a state of makif. It shouldn't remain in a state where I'm the thief. It should come down Papayal mamish into my everyday existence. That's how I have to live my life. I have to be totally one with the Abishar and in tune with the Hashem and recognize Hashem in every single aspect of my life. 
It's not just during my davening or just during my reading of uh, Gemara or something like that. No, in every single aspect, every single element of life. And that's what he means here, what he says. It should be a bit of... As though I'm not even in existence. It's only Hashem over here. So how do we do this? Dafka through the mitzvah is doing it in the aretz. What's aretz? Remember we said before, aretz is bechinas emuna, right? Because it's the lowest level. We trot upon it. Because emuna is not a high level, so to speak. Emuna is a level that is not developed inside of me. It's it's already there, but it's something that I trot upon constantly. Because it's not necessarily internalizing me. However, this Aretz is the idea of flowing with milk and honey. Now, what does it mean? We are constantly saying, right, that the land of Israel is right, that it's flowing with milk and honey. So let's understand. What does chalav mean? What does milk mean? So if you think about milk, the real Indian of milk, even though we drink it with our coffee and we drink it with our cereal and whatever, but the real concept of milk is what it was made for was to grow a baby, right? Whether a human baby or a calf or whatever it happens to be, right? That's the concept of milk. The concept of milk is this idea of growing, right, something. It means that you're taking it from point A to point B, right? When you're talking about giving a baby milk, Right? It starts as this little pitzel, a little thing. And the objective is, over the course of a year, two years of drinking his mother's milk, right, he's going to grow both in size and also develop as a human being. All of a sudden, now he's speaking by the end of the time, hopefully, and he has a recognition and he has all the different things. That's the objective of milk. Right? Milk is there. That a baby only drinks milk for the, you know, whatever it is, the first year or whatever, however long, I don't remember now anymore, before they even add any grains or anything like that. But this milk is what's, what's causing this baby to grow. So what we need to do is that we need the milk. We need the idea of milk. What is the idea of milk for us? So the idea of milk for us, Bechinis Hagdalas Hamidos, Shetigadel Ha'ava Misuteres Belev, that the first objective is to grow the Ava Misuteris. What's the Ava Misuteris? We've come across this term many times in Tanya and all over Hasidus. Hidden love. Hidden love. What does it mean? You have like uh, an innate love that's in your soul, but it's not necessarily expressed in, in a way you actually work to express it. Excellent. Excellent. That there's an innate, there's a natural love in me for Hashem. Right? Let's, let's, similar, let's look at it from a similar point of view. Most, I mean, all children have an innate love for their parents. Right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that they express it. Or, they, or that they grow it, or that they develop it, or that they uh, acknowledge it, or anything like that. Right? Because it's a normal thing for a parent and a child to have this tremendous bond each other. I mean, at the end of the day, the parent is who brought this child into the world. The child recognizes that the parent is bringing him into the world, hopefully, and there should be an appreciation that's there, right? That innate love, right, very often remains hidden. It's not that you, uh, you're like, okay, hi, ma, hi, da, okay, let's go, you know, like, there's nothing, you know, it's not necessarily expressed, a more developed person will recognize that, you know, this is something that should be 
uh, grown. It should be something that is developed. It should be something that is, you know, expressed my gratitude towards my parents. In the same way here, what we're talking about is that every single Jew has this innate love for Hashem. That's just who he is. However, most of us are not developing this love. Most of us are not thinking about this love. It's something that needs to be developed. Not because I need to produce it in terms of like an intellectual love. Our intellectual love is something that we're producing, we're, we're developing. Here is something that is already there, but it's there in a way of concealment. So how do I develop it? So the more I recognize in myself how much Hashem is really in my life, right? Like he's saying the idea of bringing this level of emuna into Das, right? The more I'm able to recognize that, the more I see Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, right? The more I'm going to recognize, wow, I should really think about developing my relationship with God. You know, God is really, he's, he's really great. You know, I, I really want to have more of a relationship with him. I really want to develop that relationship with him. I really want to experience that relationship with him in lots of different ways. So the idea of chalav is the idea of how to take something that's there and to grow it to a new level. In other words, my midos are already here. I'm not building, I'm not creating midos. I have midos. The question is whether I could cause these midos to grow in such a manner that they will then be attributed to and, 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 and connecting to the Abishter. That's the idea. So that's what he's saying here. To grow that hidden love that's in my heart. And it should go from a state of helm, concealment, to gilui, to revelation. Yeah? Because the growing of the Midos is specifically through this Emunah that I have already from the level of Sayyidim Kalam. Because the the Memali Kalamim is not going to do the same thing. What, what's causing my love to grow is this recognition of how Hashem is mamish in every single aspect of my life. How Hashem is the, the be-all and end-all of everything. That causes me to look at the world from a different perspective. Skip to the end of the parentheses. What's dvash then? So honey is the idea of sweetness in tainuk. You should have pleasure with Hashem. That it's saying like this. He's saying that really the ultimate pleasure should be coming from Hashem. Right? The ultimate pleasure should be coming from Hashem. That it's specifically... This level of soyv kalami, when you say, Ani nisi, I'm Hashem and I did not change, right? And you were before the world, but you were after the world. That there's nothing else here except for Hashem. And then you recognize that what? That im yarem that there's nothing else here except for Hashem. That's the bottom line. And despite the fact that He created this Gansa world, Right? He created the, all the creations, all the people, all the different nations, all the different animals, all the different rocks, all the different planets, all the different... Nevertheless, Hashem 
is specifically making a relationship with the Jewish people. And not just with the Jewish people, but with me. He's specifically having a relationship with me. How lucky am I to have this opportunity? In other words, if you can imagine for a second, the person in the world, maybe if you think about it in history, right, the person in the world who you would most like to meet. Anyone. It could be anyone that you think about. Whoever wants, whoever it is, whoever that you would most like to meet. And now that individual says, okay, Ezzy, we're going to have a meeting. Let's have a meeting. How much time do you want to spend with me? You want to spend an hour with me? No problem. Two hours? No problem. Three hours? No problem. Okay, let's spend time together. And not only that, let's say that in addition to spending time together, let's say you're talking about the Rebbe, right? The Rebbe says, look, uh, Ezzy, I want you to do me a favor. Can you go to, uh, you know, Kahan's and buy me a, 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 a seltzer? Right? You'd be like, wow, yeah, of course. I, I'd love to do that. Let me run. You know, you like float out of 770, about six inches above the ground, and like, you know, and then go into God, and then you buy the seltzer, and you fly back, you know, and oh, it's my friend Ezzy coming right into my office. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah, you bought me the seltzer. Oh, thank you so much. The pleasure that a person would feel would be remarkable. Right? In other words, it's this, this connection to someone that you idolize. Not in a negative way, but in a positive way. Like you really, you know, respect, love this, whoever it is. Here it is at the Abishter himself. The one that created that person who you have chosen, whoever it is. The Abishter himself is saying, Teva, I want to have a special moment with you. Let's have a special moment together. Right? And it happens every day. Every day in davening, every day when you do a mitzvah, every day when you learn Torah, if a person would stop and think what's really going on here, he'd recognize that this is the ultimate pleasure. This is the dvash. This is the ultimate pleasure. Yiddishkeit should be a dvash. It should be a pleasure. The things that I do are a pleasure, right? The things that I connect, the way I connect to the Abishar is a pleasure. It's not a, a, a heavy burden or something like that. If a person would stop and think what, he, what it is that's going on here, it would change the whole effect. And that's what he says. When a person really thinks about this, he should really, his heart should just become joyous. And like, like almost like to the end of like singing and dancing, right? And he would have so much pleasure with Hashem himself, that here it is, that I am having an opportunity to be with Hashem. Hashem is coming to me and saying, right, Hananiah, come on, let's go, let's have a party together. Let's spend time together, you and me. Whatever you want, let's discuss any topic, whatever you want to have. You want to talk about this, you want to talk about that, what, what do you want? Come on. That's what it talks about, and this whole thing is discussed in chapter Lamed Gimel of uh, Tanya, chapter 33 of Tanya, discusses this whole idea of the simcha that a person should feel. And when he recognizes that he is being the host to Hashem any moment of the day that he wants, Hashem comes and is right there with him. So he says, that's what it means, tzadik What does it mean? It's a, it's a language of pleasure and even pikuach nefesh. Like waking up the soul, like arousing the soul, like 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 you're, you're like 
in the best mode ever. Come on. Right? What does it mean, Borei Nefashos? Borei, he creates Nefashos Rabos. Right? The Chesreinam. What's Chesreinam? The things that he needs. He creates the air that we breathe, the water that we drink. The bur- things that could, could be lacking, but the things that are necessary in life. All the things that are necessary for a person's life. I'll call Masha Barasa on everything. I'm thanking you, God. For everything that you created, to live life with them. Nefesh kol chai. And then what's the last words? How many lives? Blessed is chai ha'olamim. Chai, what's chai? Chai is plural? The life of how many worlds? One world or what? Many worlds. One life. There's one life going on over here. It's all one life. It's all Hashem. Many worlds, many concealments of it, but only one life. He's the one. He's the only one. Baruch Chei HaOilamim. There's nothing else here. He creates everything for me, and he, he is, I'm one with Him. That's it. Shepeiris Chesronim. What does it mean, Chesronim? Dover HaChaser LaAdam. Something that would be lacking for a person to be, to be in existence. Right? In order to be alive, to, be, to live with it. Nefesh kol chai, the soul of every living being. It's only the idea of having pleasure with the Ebishter. So, so this is how a person should be living his life constantly. That everything is coming from Hashem. Everything is coming from Hashem. If something is happening in my life, it's Hashem talking to me. It's not the other person. I have to listen to the messages that Hashem is sending me. It also means that I have to listen to the messages that Hashem is sending me and, and take the message. Maybe it means that I have to fix something. If I'm constantly getting hit by the same problem again and again and again, so maybe Hashem is telling me, I'm not handling my life the right way. I have to change something. Like we learned in the Friedrich Rebbe's Maimer, the quote from the Gemara, that when Rav Huna had, what was it, 300 barrels of wine that went sour. So his friends came to console him and they said, you know, maybe you should think about something that you did. Right? I mean, think about that nowadays. If someone said that to a person in the modern 21st century world, they'd be probably taken to court or something like that because how could you make a person sad when they're, you know, when they're in you know, this state of already uh, in depression or in like an upset state and then you come along and you say, put salt on the wound or whatever. So Rav Huna said back to them, are you, cl- are you like uh, criticizing me? Are you uh, accusing me of doing something wrong? So what did they answer back to him? Anyone remember from that mimer? Anyone learn that mimer? He says back, they say back to him, are you accusing Hashem? Very, very dramatic statement. Meaning what? If 300 barrels of your wine turned to vinegar, only Hashem did that. It's not that because there was a bug in the air or that there was a humidity or there was a coldness or there was a heat or there was a... uh, these things, yeah, maybe there was, but the Abisher made it happen. It didn't happen by chance. Hashem was sending you a message. 
And if you think that that's not a message to teach you a lesson about something, then you're accusing Hashem of doing something inappropriate. So it's you that are doing the accusing. And what's the end of the story? The end of the story is, he did tshuva. What does it mean to do tshuva? He thought about it. He thought through what could possibly have gone wrong. In other words, instead of taking the message and just saying, oh, woe is me, and it doesn't mean anything, he thought through his life. Now we're talking about Rav Huna. Rav Huna was one of the greatest, greatest rabbis that ever lived, greatest people that ever lived in the history of the world. We're talking about him 2,000 years later. I wonder if they're going to talk about any of us 2,000 years from now. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Never know. Right? Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. You never know. But the point being what? The point being that here we are speaking about him 2,000 years later. Imagine, it says that any Amara in the Gemara had the power to raise the dead. Anyone. Anyone that's mentioned in the Gemara had the power to raise the dead. These are pretty awesome people. I mean, I certainly don't have the power to raise the dead. I don't know about you. But you tried? I tried a few times. didn't work. <laughs> I guess, you know, if you try, try. If, you, if you, at first you don't succeed, try, try again, whatever. Okay. Anyway, the point being what? The point being that he looked into his life, and I'm sure he was not, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't spending his time on his telephone looking at the internet. That's for sure not what he was doing with his life. Right? So what did he do? He did tshuva, he looked in and he saw that, asked all of, his, all of the people that worked with him, you know, if there's anyone that has a claim against me or whatever it is that I did something wrong monetarily, it must have been very embarrassing to say something like that. Imagine, right? He has a bunch of worker people and he got up in front of them and he apologized if he did anything wrong. It must have been a tremendously embarrassing experience for him. But yet, once he did that, a little girl came and said, yes, you owe me like a, you know, a nickel or something. <laughs> you know, like, like such an irrelevant amount of money, very, very small amount of money. And of course, he paid her right away. And then there's two versions of the story in the Gemara. Either all the barrels turned back to wine or the price of vinegar ri- rose in the marketplace to the value of what the wine was at before. But the bottom line is that Hashem made everything fine. Because now Hashem didn't need to have this this a means of teaching anymore, of, of communicating. He, he communicated the message, he got the message, it's finished, and now we can go back to normal. So how many of us look at life that way? Not many. Instead of looking at life from a, uh, from a disconnected way that things are happening, like in other words, we all have belief, we all believe in God. But when this guy cut me off on the, on the, in, the, in, the, in the highway, you know, that was that guy. It wasn't God that was cutting me off. It was a guy that was cutting me off. Or when something, you know, when my roommate all of a sudden, you know, does something to me. It's, why is my roommate acting this way? It has nothing to do with the Eivishter in our lives. This is the disconnect that we're talking about here. And what we're saying here is the ultimate way of living life is not with that disconnect. It's changing that disconnect to recognize it's all Hashem. And not only that, to have pleasure with life in this way because I recognize all Hashem. This is it. And Hashem is right here with me. Constantly. Right? Now what does it mean? So what he's here, he's referencing is a pasuk in the parashas Kisavo where it says says over there, this is in the middle of the section that is with all the curses. And it says the reason why you have to, uh, unfortunately, uh, serve your enemies is because you didn't serve Hashem from Meroiv Kol. 
So what is Mirov called? So Rashi will tell us that over there, what it means is that when times were good, you didn't serve Hashem. So therefore, uh, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you serve Hashem when times are bad. Along comes the Arizal and he says, "No, no, no! You're making making a mistake. Mirov called means that you had more pleasure from your barbecue than you had from your mitzvahs." That because you didn't have more pleasure from learning Torah and doing mitzvahs than your gelato and from your, uh, from your tels- Tesla, tel- Tesla, 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 right? So therefore, therefore you're going to serve the, your enemies instead. If, if a person will really think about it, all the gashmistic pleasures of the world don't add up to one, even one degree of the pleasure a person should feel from being close to Hashem. Spiritual closeness. When a person doesn't uh, ignite that spiritual closeness and live with that pleasure, so then he is taking away from himself. And that's what he says. Right? Who is with you in the heavens and with you? What can I want? In other words, I don't want anything else. I don't want your, I don't want your, your gashmistical world. I don't even want your spiritual world. I want you. I want a relationship with Avishar, with you, Hashem. That's it. Right? And now he says, That's what it means that he's going to, he's going to nourish that emuna, Right? He's going to bring it down into the reality of his life. And then I'm going to have a tisanig alavaya. I'm going to have so much pleasure with Hashem because I recognize how life is supposed to be. That's the way life is supposed to be. That's what we're aiming for. That's our job. That's what we're trying to do. And then I'll, through this, I'll, do, I'll be constantly doing good things all the day long. That's what, that's what it's all about. My whole life will be about doing good things. Beseder? All right, please spend the time now to go over the mind.